You're listening to The Bookstorian Podcast, a podcast for book lovers and bookstagrammers. Hello and welcome to The Bookstorian Podcast. My name is Tegan and I am your host. Welcome to my August wrap-up episode of the podcast where I'm going to whip through the three books that I've read in August and I'm also going to share with you something I've been reading with my son as well as a September TBR. I should also preface at the start of this episode is that all the books I'm talking about today have been gifted to me by publishers. It's very rarely that every single book that I read in a month is actually gifted to me, but I just thought I would let you know, despite the fact that they are gifted, each review is my own and completely honest. And I do acknowledge these publishers at the end of each spiel. Let's get stuck into the episode. And now it's time for this month's reading wrap up. So in August, I set myself a goal of four books. The reason why I set myself the goal of four books is because I was participating in the MS Readathon. And for those of you who are from Australia, you'll probably be familiar with this, especially if you've read from a young age. And essentially what it is, is it's raising money for MS. And in particular, it is raising money for the children of people who have MS to go along to camps and do family related activities. So it is a really important cause. And I think it's one that really inspires a lot of young people in particular to read and might even be their first real taste of fundraising. So I raised a total of $79, which I thought was a really great start. So hopefully I can try again next year. But thank you so much for everyone who did donate to the MS Readathon this year. Whether you donated uh, to myself or to others, uh, every little bit helps. The first book that I read in August was The Heart is a Star by Megan Rogers. And I do need to thank Harper Collins for their gifted copy. If you did listen to my July wrap-up episode, you would be familiar with this one. Uh, the Heart is a Star is one of the books that I wanted to make sure I read in August. If you haven't heard about the book already, here's what it's about. Juggling a demanding job as the anaesthetist, two kids, an affair and a deteriorating marriage, Layla is exhausted. So when her mother's usual pre-Christmas phone call goes off script, Layla drops everything and hurries to the west coast of Tasmania. Exploring family ties and memory, The Heart as a Star was a lyrical and absorbing read. I really appreciated the first sort of three quarters of the book. Uh, There was a sense of mystery being built. I loved the setting of the west coast of Tasmania. It is somewhere that I have visited, so it was very easy for me to picture this place. Also, if you've watched Bay of Fires on ABC iView, you might also be a little bit familiar with the setting because some of the locations are actually set in Strawn. Uh, Just a little tidbit for you. Uh, The characters as well were incredibly complex, and although they were complex and there was a number of them, you did start to understand their motivations, what made them tick and what sort of shaped them to become how they became. I definitely think that this is a credit to the author and um, her writing style in particular. In terms of uh, the actual writing style, as I said before, it was incredibly lyrical. There were so many beautiful lines about things to do with the stars, the ocean and memory. My copy is absolutely covered in green highlight. There were so many beautiful things about this book. 
I think that this book would make a really good book club read as well, mainly because there is some heavier content, but I also think it would just be a good one to discuss. You've got those characters, you've got that setting, but you also have that overriding mystery. And it'd be also great to talk about it with one another and see if people picked where it was going or where it headed. It wasn't until the twist was about to happen where I went, ah. Oh, I think that this could actually be uh, what the secret is about her father. Um, having said that, while I enjoyed a large part of the book, I did rate it four out of five stars. I actually think the content when the twist did happen was very confronting to read. So I didn't, I think it just took a long time to get to that climax. And then when it did reach that climax, um, it was really heavy and really um, a lot to sort of sit with. Thankfully, it was overall a really beautiful work and very well done. And just a shout out to the cover artist as well. It was, it's stunning. I still love to just stare and look at it and pick up all the different things and elements that are mentioned in the story that you can see on the cover. And there also has a really intricate spine as well. So uh, definitely check out some pictures of the book if you're not already familiar with how it looks. That is The Heart is a Star by Megan Rogers. So the second book that I read in August is The Happy Couple by Nisha Dolan. Um, I actually picked this book up in June to start with and I don't, just something about it didn't resonate with me. And after reading The Heart as a Star, I think I wanted a different change of pace. So I didn't need something super lyrical or um, super like sort of historical fiction or something that sort of swept me away. I kind of wanted something a little bit quirky and different and the happy couple definitely sort of scratched that itch, if that makes sense. Um, I also think books about weddings are just in really interesting. I think there's so many dynamics that happen around either attending a wedding or actually planning a wedding or being involved in any way, shape or form of a wedding. So The Happy Couple does also explore that. So if you enjoy reading books about weddings, particularly ones where it's not so straightforward either, I do recommend picking up The Happy Couple for something a little bit different. This is what it's about. Celine and Luke are getting married. After three years of dating, the pair decide to make the ultimate commitment. However, as the day looms closer, they and their guests reflect on their relationship and whether or not a wedding should actually take place. So the most noteworthy thing or element of this story is definitely the point of view. So there's so many different perspectives. So you read the first chapter and that is from the bride's point of view. And then the next chapter is from the groom's point of view. And then we've also got a guest's point of view. And it really shifts and shakes between them. And I also really like the idea of people all being present at an event or seeing a situation or a relationship play out and having a different perspective on it. Because I think we sometimes walk away from things and we think the way we think and feel and have seen that is the only way that it could possibly be seen. But books like this actually make you stop and think and go, well, actually, I wasn't the only person that saw it or was involved. And the other people might actually have a different view or opinion on it. 
in particular, I have had heard the author actually speak about this book and she makes a really good point about the villain doesn't always know they're the villain. And I think that this book readily explores that. So whether or not the bride's the villain or the groom's the villain and how different people within their lives view them each a little bit differently. And I think the that thread of the wedding and their relationship is really what makes you keep reading. Will they, won't they, is what inspires you on to keep reading it. Although most of the characters were quite unlikable, they were very messy, I also thought they were kind of interesting and you got those little small glimpses into their minds in that moment of time. And I really just enjoy sometimes a book that doesn't have to be a straight, clear-cut narrative and that can take you on a different journey. And that journey doesn't have to be a through line. It could sort of be a little bit circular in a way. There was also some really great little moments and lines within the book that made me stop and think. And in particular, this idea of relationships needing harmony and also melody. Here's the excerpt from the story. I think relationships have a melody and harmony. Melody is the bits. Conversations, sex. Harmony is the boring stuff. Doing dishes, remembering birthdays, just basically keeping things going. With that being said, I did actually find some parts of the novel quite irritating, potentially because there was that lack of depth and there were certainly like some things left unanswered. And I think that as a reader, I need those things answered. Like there were just a few little loose ends that weren't tied up. And I don't really want to get into that furthermore because it will spoil the story. Um, overall, whilst the book wasn't a memorable one, and I found that a really interesting point that a lot of people who've written a review about this story have said that it wasn't memorable. I really just don't agree that every book has to be a memorable one. So many people read books for escapism. So those escapism reads aren't always going to be the epic sagas that leave you thinking about the characters and the events that happened in the book forevermore. So if you are looking for a book that's fairly quick, might be a good holiday read or something to consume on a plane flight, I definitely recommend uh, The Happy Couple for that. I gave the book 3.5 out of 5 stars overall and I'd also like to thank Hachette Australia for their gifted copy. My third and final book for August was Ghost Girl Banana by Wiz Wharton. If you haven't heard about this book, this is what it's about. Ghost Girl Banana follows a dual timeline of two women, Suk Yin and her daughter Lily. Suk Yin's story begins on a boat headed to London on a quest to honour her family and become a trained nurse. Her life soon changes as she struggles to live in a place so far from the home she knows. Thirty years later, Lily, her daughter, is adrift. When a mysterious inheritance is left to her, she becomes determined to understand why such a sum is left to her and if there is any connection between the money and her deceased mother. Exploring the themes of memory, siblings and belonging, Ghost Girl Banana winds the reader through time and place. 
So I guess for me, I firstly picked up this book because I really enjoy a dual timeline. I also love mother-daughter stories. And I think for me, it's really important to read diversely. So this is a book that has been published by an Asian author. And it also talks about the experience of living in Hong Kong and especially being in Hong Kong at the time of the handover where Britain handed Hong Kong back. So quite an integral moment in history. And each of the reasons that I mentioned for picking up this book are the reasons that I enjoyed reading this book. In particular, Hong Kong and the culture of Hong Kong, so both in the 60s and the 90s, and even hearing about the walled city, something that is a really interesting um, architectural but also historical precinct, I think it's worth having a look into, especially if you read this book, to be able to visualise it a little bit better. There was also some really beautiful moments of writing, and in particular, I enjoyed learning or reading, I should say, about siblings. And it was really interesting that there was a thread of sibling in both the mother's story and the daughter's story, and the way in which their relationships with their sibling also kind of shaped who they became as a person. So I thought that that was a really interesting point. Uh, whilst I did like those aspects of the story, I felt that the story took a bit of a slide. So I was really interested at the start and really intrigued as to where the story was going to go and how these connections were going to line up and what actually did happen to the mother and um, what she was going to uncover. But I felt like it was incredibly slow to unwind and it was sort of going nowhere and I found it a little bit more difficult to pick up. In addition, I didn't feel as immersed in the characters and their relationships and considering the length of the story, I thought I would have been a little bit more invested in what, what was happening and going on in the story. I think this is also because two of the main characters, so Suk Yin and Hei Fong Li, who did have a relationship with one another, I felt like a lot of their scenes were missing and potentially some flashbacks between those two characters to better understand the love that did exist between them. I just felt like I, I missed that. I don't know, maybe it was in there and I've skimmed it. I'm not sure. Like I do read every single page and every single word on a page, but when I finished, I really felt like that was missing. However, if you are someone that does enjoy a slower pace book, if you like one that has a little bit of mystery, but also has that sense of tragedy about it, this book might be a little bit more for you. Overall, I rated it three out of five stars. Thank you very much to Hachette Australia for this gifted copy. Next month's TBR. month I want to share with you something that I'm hoping to read in the next month which is usually the month that you're listening to the podcast already and this month it is The Only Girl in Town by Ali Condi. Here's the blurb. For July Fielding nothing has been the same since this, that summer before senior year. Once she had Alex, her loyal best friend, the one who always had her back. She had Sydney who pushed her during every cross-country run and, and who sometimes seemed to know July better than she knew herself. And she had Sam. Sam who told her she was everything. Now July is alone. Every single person in her town of Lithia has disappeared. No family, no Alex or Sydney, no Sam. 
July's only chance at unravelling the mystery of their disappearance is a series of objects, each a reminder of the people she loved most and a mysterious message. Get them back. This is a YA novel, so something a little bit different for me. I don't tend to consume a lot of YA. However, uh, when I did see it come up on Hachette's publicity uh, magazine, I was really intrigued and thought I would give it a go. So I have actually just started it. I'm really enjoying it so far. Nice, short, sharp chapters and definitely a sense of mystery. As always with books like this, I get interested to see whether or not there will be other characters, knowing that it can be really difficult to read a, read a book where there's no other characters in the book. So I'm thinking there's going to be quite a few flashbacks as well to sort of make it not feel so lonely. So that one is The Only Girl in Town by Ali Condi. And thank you very much to Hachette for sending me a copy of this book. Baby Bookstorians Books. <laughs> One book that I have particularly enjoyed reading with my son this month was What to Do When You're Not Sure What to Do. It is by Davinia Bell and Hilary Jean Tapper. So Davinia Bell is the writer and Hilary is the illustrator. This is a little blurb about the book. Another warm and whimsical guide to negotiating life's little and big moments. What to Do When You're Not Sure What to Do focuses on situations outside a child's home and domestic realm where they might feel unsure. It's another gentle exploration of empathy, courage and confidence from award-winning and much-loved author Davinia Bell with the beautiful, heartwarming illustrations by Hilary Jean Tapper. What I particularly loved about this book is as soon as I opened it up, my son was reaching towards the pages. The illustrations are very colourful and lively and I love that the text as well is short, sweet and informative. So it's not a really arduous read and it's also very clear what the message is, that sometimes we need to stop, we need to take a breath or 20 and really think about what the next step. And the book also acknowledges that sometimes you don't know what to do and sometimes it's it is okay to do nothing as well thank you very much to Hachette Australia for this gifted copy what to do when you're not sure what to do it comes out September 27th and that brings us to the end of the episode thank you so much for listening to my August reading wrap up make sure you come back next month to hear what I thought about my September reads Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bookstorian Podcast. If you've enjoyed it, show your support by following, subscribing, and rating the show wherever you listen, as well as sharing the podcast on social media. If you want to go the extra mile, you can shout me a coffee via Kofi. It's super easy to navigate and you don't need an account to donate. You can find the link in the show notes along with a full list of all the books and other media mentioned in this episode. Finally, make sure you head over to Instagram and follow my latest guest as well as my bookstagram at bookstorian underscore and podcast account at the bookstorian podcast. <laughs>